Our high school guidance counselor used to ask us what you would do if you had a million dollars. Didn't have to work. And then invariably, whatever you'd say, that was supposed to be your career. So if you wanted to fix old cars, then you're supposed to be an auto mechanic. So what did you say? I never had an answer. I guess that's why I'm working at Inatech. No, you're working at Inatech because that question is bull to begin with. If everyone listened to her, there'd be no janitors because no one would clean up if they had a million dollars. If I had a million dollars. If I had a million dollars. Talking about millions of dollars. What would you do if you had a million dollars? I'll tell you what I'd do, man. Two chicks at the same time, man. We're living in a material world and I am a material girl. Or boy. Well, what about you now? What would you do? Besides two chicks at the same time? Well, yeah. Nothing. Nothing, huh? I would relax. I would sit on my ass all day. I would do nothing. Well, you don't need a million dollars to do nothing, man. Take a look at my cousin. He's broke. Don't do If I had a million dollars. If I had Hello and welcome back to Jackson Jacks. I'm tomorrow my member on the board. SP Future is up 22. Nancy Future is up 154. Another 1%. 1%, 2% a day. Uh, we're making easy money here. Easy money. Wasn't it a... What was that, a song or something? Or what was that, Manny? Easy Money? Was that, or was it, it was a board game at one time when I was a kid. Might have been played. both. Well, all that stuff. Do we have uh, Professor uh, Brendan? I'm here this morning, Chief. How are you? I'm doing all right. How are you? What's up? Good. Well, I thought you'd be out celebrating the Irish National Championship. Um, Irish. what they do? <laughs> I saw the Men's Northwestern Girls one. They won lacrosse? Men's lacrosse. It, wow. it was all over the sports world yesterday with the top sport in Notre Dame history. Um, First time ever for their national championship. Third try, all against Duke, and yesterday they pulled it out. Well, that's uh, I guess that's a good thing. I know the Northwestern girls won on Sunday, right, or Saturday? Yeah, they won over the weekend for their eighth time under uh, uh, their current coach, Amante Hiller, and um, they almost made it to the College World Series. They were one out away from the College World Series uh, for their for their women's softball team. So it's been a good weekend overall for local college sports. Well, the Irish made it last year. Uh, they, they upset somebody in the regionals. It was like the number one seed. Then they they they, they went to Omaha, and then they I don't know, they came out in the first round or second round. Maybe they were half, better better than expected. But whatever, whatever expected is, they did better than expected. So it's always good to be. You better always want to exceed expectations. Even Jerry Reinsdorf wants to exceed expectations, even though he always likes to play for second place. Or in this case, maybe second to last place. Well, it's you know, it's even like you know, on your first date, you know, it's always a good thing to exceed expectations and yeah, whoever you're dating, you know, it's a. Of course, if you set the bar low enough, you know, you can. It's very easy to to set yeah. to to make meet expectations that the bar is low enough. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. So, are we going to put ourselves in the? Uh, so, you know, if, if Manny Weber was a uh, a high level type producer, I mean, he's a very good producer. He would he would have us out there. We'd be we'd be putting stock out saying we were the first AI station, first type AI podcast or something. And all of a sudden, everybody's like sending us money and stuff. That's a good idea. Yeah, I mean, all you that do is, is be AI. Idea. Now. Maddie, start working on that. I mean, all you gotta do is, I mean, back in the day, all you do is say you were an internet company or you were a dot com and whatever, and you were. This is uh, how do you uh. Kind of a lot of stuff going on, Brennan. You know, and the weird part is, to me, to me, it's all kind of the same subject, which is really getting scary. But well, first of all, I'll ask you, what did you do? How, did you, how was your memorial day? Did you guys? Uh, I mean, you sound good. Um, Thank you. So I think you're. You must be feeling decent. I hope so. Uh, I, I am feeling decent. I, I'm feeling much better in the mornings when I first get up after a good night's sleep uh, than I am late afternoon and certainly early evenings. But 
yeah, today's today's another good day. It's it really is a series of adjustments. Um, as far as all this, there's there's I, I can I, I'm much more sensitive as you pointed out in your text messages to things like rapid heart rate and slight dizziness when I'm moving around in certain ways, and that's that's all part of the process. And I do think that I am more hypersensitive now than I was you know six months ago, a year ago, um, even though. My, I still had my condition, but I wasn't aware of it at the time. Oh, you can go the first time, uh, somewhat of a veteran of this, uh, you can go the first time like a real long time without even knowing you have a problem. And mm-hmm. it's, it's a matter of fact that it's kind of scary. And then all of a sudden you become very hypersensitive that even the stuff that is normal. Yeah. Because um, there's a lot of, I mean, anybody who ever, all you have to do is listen to one of those ultrasounds and you're like, God that's that's my heart. The guy goes, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, does, it sounds like you know a, a submarine having a bad day, you know. Uh, but that's what it's supposed to sound like, you know. It's but uh, anyway, I'm glad you're glad you're uh, on the road here. What did you? So you guys didn't go out and do anything for Memorial Day, I don't assume. No, uh, we were uh, we were at camp and uh, it, it, for the whole weekend and uh, just you know, took it easy around camp. Watch the construction of the new house. I mean, they weren't doing anything over the weekend because it was a holiday weekend. But it's coming along. Hopefully, in another month, six weeks, we'll uh, we'll be close to, if not finished. Oh, so you guys are you're still the place is still not done, right? No, it's still not done. It's uh, yeah, it's one one of those things. You're talking about artificial intelligence, and sometimes I think that uh, even architects have art, <laughs> artificial intelligence <laughs> because um, architects aren't practical in many ways um no you know they, they keep searching for perfection and they never want things so i i think that um a lot of the delays were caused by the architect searching for perfection our former architect uh searching for, for, for perfection in this and delaying things along part of the way so that's been part of my frustration uh, but we're making progress now quicker progress than we were before and getting things wrapped up well you know it is getting i uh we haven't done anything, at the, or I haven't done much around the place for, well, we did some stuff, but not stuff we had to do, but any kind of um, kind of remodeling stuff. And all of a sudden this week, the last couple of weeks, we started in some of it. And it, it, I don't think it's a supply chain, but it's really some of the little stuff you see, even like, you know, trying to find the paint you used three or four years ago. Uh, mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you know, it... it for some reason, Rust-Oleum door paint, the enamel door paint, you can only get at Menards. They don't give it to Home Depot, they don't give it to Lowe's, they don't, you might, maybe you can get it at Ace, I'm not sure. So you go in, of course, nobody even like, first you find the Menards, and then there's like no colors. It used to have like four or five standard colors. Now nah, we don't have those anymore. <laughs> okay, well can you make this? I think that's the color. Ah, we don't have the right tint base. <laughs> okay, <laughs> what am I supposed <laughs> What am I supposed to do? You know, okay then. But, uh, you know, I just, you see buying stuff and the incredible amount of uh, inflation you see. I mean, I, I just wonder, Brendan, how, man and I were talking about on the way in, you know, everybody's just in denial on just about everything. We're in, mm-hmm. denial, we're in denial on the violence. We're in denial on the on the uh, tax, or the, the federal budget deficit and where it's going, even this with the uh, alleged deal this weekend and still has to be voted on it's you know it's it's nothing but kick the can down the road and it's okay put and i the inflation thing i had a we do well for those that don't know we have obviously for the for the radio show it's we do it in the same place as pti securities well of course i don't want any connection between 
any of the lines we use here in, in PTI securities. So, I mean, I, I, even though we have a great, you know, uh, firewall and all that kind of stuff, I just don't want them even touching, you know. Sure. And, uh, That's smart. So we had a copper line from, hey, how long have I been doing this, 13 years? We had a copper line from AT&T for 13 years. It did nothing but work. As a matter of fact, a couple times the PTI stuff went out, which cost a fortune, and we would use it as a backup. So we actually had a backup. Uh, uh, you could plug it in the other stuff if you needed it. Um, so I must have gotten calls, I'm going to say sometimes four or five times a month, running, oh, man, you got to get rid of this copper line. Why is that? Well, you know, we're not going to service it, and we're trying to save you what the strategy is. And somehow AT&T is rammed by our incredibly ignorant, you know, not individually but collectively, our, our, our totally ignorant legislators, that the way to get from the copper system to the other system is just keep raising the prices. Instead mm-hmm. of like they did in, in Colorado, they made AT&T, who didn't want to do it anymore, sell it to Frontier. Instead of just raising the crap out of prices for people, but in Illinois, you know, we just can play, pay people off, and monopolists have their way. So finally, I cave in and I say, "Okay, I'm tired of hearing these phone calls. Give me a fiber optic line," Cause, all because they didn't want to raise the price on me. Well, of course, I get the fiber optic line. It's now instead of seventy-eight dollars a month, it's ninety-five. You know, immediately. So I mean, you can't believe these people a second. So all of a sudden, I hit the bill this month. It's one hundred and thirty. I'm going, wait a minute. So I call up, and I said to the lady, why am I 130? It was just 95, like in October. Well, sir, we notified you. What did you notify me of? Well, we notified you in October it was going up like 25%, and we notified you again in January it's going up 10%. And I said, uh, okay, so today when you walk to work, if I walk next to you and say I'm going to slap you upside the head, and then I do, does that make it okay? I, I, I notified you. <laughs> and, and she goes that's a good analogy yeah and she goes well no it wouldn't be okay i said well then why is this okay i mean how, how, how did you how did you up 35 percent in four months mm-hmm. well sir uh it's competitive with uh with all the other providers i go what other provider you're a, you're a monopolist what what other provider are you talking about she goes, well the other provider who are they we, all the only people we have in the building are at&t i don't is is there another copper line place anywhere downtown except AT and T? Maybe if there is, I don't know about them. Uh, I said, what, "What planet are you from?" <laughs> I mean, I don't want you know. It's not her fault, but I'm like, "What kind of line do they give these people?" I, you know, I just mm-hmm. so here I am. So now I'm, I'm sitting there going, "Who, who are all these <laughs> these competitors? Maybe I could try one of them." I can't find one. <laughs> What's it going to be next month? Two hundred? I, mean, I, I think the inflation has just worked its way through. I just got to notice that my my electric bill is going up yet again. I think I think the the monopolists have taken six months of this inflation or a year to work its way through the various legislature. Now it's coming down the pipe, mm-hmm. and they're coming after. It. I mean, Brandon, this is insane. What's going on with these prices? And the Fed claims they're doing all this stuff. They haven't done squat. I mean, they really haven't mm-hmm. done. But now this this weekend, I, you know, everything kind of comes. I get to Audrey's place, and of course she's got some right wing channel on. So I turn on, there's this right-wing podcast guy, which I've seen a couple times because she leaves at station on when I go to try to see a ball game. Because, uh, by the way, we got to talk about the Celtics game last night. Wow. Matty, uh, were you sorry you weren't over at the Tripoli last night? It would have been glorious. Oh, yeah. It literally would have been, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Tripoli's the Boston bar. Um, so the uh, this guy's talking about how 
Now, of course, it's, you know, it's extreme right wing, but, you know, that doesn't mean people on the right don't notice stuff, too. The guy says that somebody pr- proposed that for people who are getting welfare that are not, you know, ancient, that aren't kids, that, you know, that your check would come with some sort of a work requirement, be it 10 hours, 12 hours, or something. And of course, some community activist dude jumps up and says, what a, what a disrespectful that the that would be to do to somebody. Mm-hmm. And the guy's like, what are we talking about? I mean, yeah. is, is it somebody, you know, I, nobody wants to help anybody. I still have my amazing liberal roots. Nobody wants to help anybody, I think, more than you and I, Brennan. Uh, yet, are, are we, is, is there some, si- some kind of a, a motive here to end up like Rome where you have this totally subservient, not, oh, not subservient, but you, you have this total underclass, like forever, that never really has a job, just gets money from somebody and always votes your way. I mean, I know this is this is the right right wing mantra that I never believed at all. But it, is there some truth to that? I mean, why don't we want people to ever be independent and and not have to be beholden to government? And it doesn't seem like that's even a goal anymore, is it, for some of these people? You know, it's interesting you mention that because I remember even as a kid. They, that, that was uh, a big part of the problem in Europe generally, but Ireland in specific. I remember visiting Ireland, visiting my cousins, and they kept talking about people who were on the dole, who uh, either couldn't get a job or didn't have enough education. And at that time, the the, the Irish economy was in the dumps, and you know, it, it was a lifestyle for certain people to live on the dole, and it was looked down upon by many, but also, you know, sought after by some, and. Um, you know, it, it is amazing when you when you do create a class to uh, to live on government largesse, and I'm and, and it's hard because you know I think it's taken to extremes on on both sides, on both the right and the left. That uh, as a caring society, you want to take care of the least fortunate, but it sometimes at some point that becomes abusive in the way that they're taking advantage of the system, and it's on it's on we're unable as a society to move forward because of the dragging down of uh, of the, the class that, that's on the dole. And I think that's where you're going right now, that at some point, I mean, the, the whole idea that, that I've always believed in for government largesse is that if there's a need for families to have food stamps so that they're at a, a subsistence level, then that's fine. And, you know, uh, the same thing with unemployment and a lot of the other government benefits. But the whole purpose is to provide them with enough of a base of a support where they can become self-sufficient, not sufficient on government handouts only. Well, Plus, there's a certain amount of... I I don't... When some of the people on the right come at it as, we don't want to pay for it. Okay, Mm -hmm. and and I... I guess I get that part. Uh, why why should pay? You know, constantly paying stuff for other people. But the the thing that bugs the hell out of me, um, it it's like the student loan thing. Uh, you're you're beholden. You can never be an independent person. You can never be somebody who who uh, uh, can say take this job and shove it. You can never you can never be on your own. You can never say I did this myself. I didn't. Nobody helped mm-hmm. me. I mean it. It's, well, people always help you. I mean, it's, it, there's always somebody who's helped you, be it an uncle, a parent, right. whatever it is. But the point being is, is it, you 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 lose respect for the for the individual. But I, I like people to be independent, to not to not be beholding to me or you or anybody. That's the goal. Mm-hmm. 
The goal, the goal if, you, if you help somebody out with training or whatever, the goal is that they can get their own jab, and in ten year, five years from now they're helping somebody else do the same thing. Right? That, that's, yeah. that's the deal. It's not this permanent. You, you, you pass it along to the person coming behind you. Well, it's, I, mean, I don't know if you ever were, 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 were a kung fu guy. Uh, I used to watch Kung Fu. We always did in college. I don't know. One of my buddies With got David it. Carradine. Oh, God, yeah. And uh, so Kung Fu, when he, was, when he was young, he was basically getting his ass kicked by three or four guys. And, and Poe shows up. And, uh, you know, of course, he kicks the, kicks the crap out of the five guys. And so Kung Fu's sitting there all beat up. And he says to him, uh, Kung Fu, quite uh, quite Chain Kane, grasshopper, says to him, well, thank you very much. And he goes, no, don't thank me. I just, I just gave you an enormous debt. He goes, what do you mean? He says, any time somebody helps somebody like I helped you, you don't have to tell. You now have to help ten other people. You know, it's, it's an interesting. He's looking at it like really interesting way to look at it. Yeah, he goes, oh, I just gave you an enormous debt. Um, you know, just you know, very very interesting. But I, I, uh, I don't know if you were spotting this weekend the violence again. It's, to me, it's all kind of the same topic. The violence this weekend, we managed to. Stopped just short of a new record. We we uh, twelve killed, forty five wounded, um, which matches the record set in two thousand and fifteen. Twelve killed, forty five mm-hmm. wounded. Other than that, it's way worse than like any other weekend. Eh, eh, last year was twelve killed, forty three wounded. So there's three years that kind of really make that four years that stand out. Two thousand and sixteen, ten killed, sixty seven wounded. And they asked the mayor, the new mayor, last night. They said, "What about all this violence this weekend?" And his response was, you know, I, I really want to give this new guy a break, uh, but somehow or another, I, I, I just, I'm having trouble, Brennan, I really am. Mm-hmm. His response was, well, we didn't eradicate poverty over the weekend, didn't we? So if we didn't eradicate... Yeah, you know, I, I, heard that comment from, I heard that comment from him that it, it was all poverty-related. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm worried about what that means for the summer and for the city because, you know, job number one means to be safe in all communities of the city. Um, you know, we left early Friday morning for, uh, for Michigan, and then Friday afternoon uh, heard news reports about the shooting here at North Avenue Beach. I mean, we overlook, from our front room, we overlook North Avenue Beach. And the idea, and it turns out that uh, the guy who had the gun and shot the gun ran under the underpass at Lakeshore Drive and was in the park right in, below our, our, right in front of our building where he was captured. Um, and, you know, over the weekend, I was told by people around here, uh, around the house, that um, that there were, uh, you know, a lot of police helicopters and a lot of police presence both at North Avenue Beach, but also up by Fullerton and Montrose Beach and elsewhere along the lake path where they were, um, where they were trying to protect the lakefront. But they were also down at the Southside Beaches as well. So it wasn't just protecting North Avenue Beach and Montrose Beach, but all the Chicago lakefront. And those are the important things. But, you know, the, the worst thing about that is that they're canceling police days off. So police are unrested. Yeah. And, you know, that may be viable for the holiday weekend for Memorial Day. But by the time you get to Labor Day, if the police don't have days off, you're going to see a lot more um, inappropriate actions because of sleep deprivation and stress loads and things like that, and as well as the loss of morale, but also a lot more police leaving. And it's not just a question of hiring more police, but you want to have standards of who it is that you're hiring. Sure. I mean, you, you could you could you could refill the police force by next Friday if you lower the standards enough to pick up 
yeah, people from um, you know, almost from Lower Wacker Drive and put them in police uniforms, but that doesn't mean that they're the appropriate people to to make police officers. So you know, it, it's a really tenuous balance. It's not just finding bodies to uh, to fill uniforms, but quality people for that job. Why do why do I guess my question is why do people? And I'm not recommending everyone out and get you know like some front loader like in the Revolutionary War. Why do people put up with it? Why, why are we putting up with this, Brennan, as a society? I mean, whatever it takes, whatever it takes, you have to protect your people. I'm looking at here right now. It's close to where you grew up, 79th and Ashland. Mm-hmm. Uh, male 26, male 34, male 55, female 69, shot dead. 12 noon, 12 noon, Brennan. What in God's name did that lady? Why is it that we're, we're worried about whoever these people are that are doing all the shooting? How does, does anybody not care about this lady? No, apparently not. And, and you're right. I mean, that's that's the even thing that's more scary right now. The scarier that with the with the proliferation of crime around the city is that it's no longer uh, in a dark alley at. Two no. o'clock in the morning, because and the judgment that goes along with what was that person doing in a dark alley at two o'clock in the yeah. morning when they were shot or robbed? Plus, it's in a it's neighborhood I'll never go. It's in a neighborhood I'll never go. Yeah. So what's the problem? Yeah, you know? yeah. But now it is appearing even in, um, you know, a neighborhood like 79th and Ashland, or uh, or you know, Old Town, or uh, or Avondale, or places like that, where it's at noon. You know, people are getting shot and and robbed in broad daylight, which which is a horrific path to be going down right now for a city like Chicago. Two and, people uh, killed at 11.15 and 11.55. I mean, I, but I don't understand how come there's no there's no pushback. I mean, the, the, why you know why we don't have a machine gun nest on every corner until we stop it? Mm-hmm. But I, I don't get it. I don't. I, I can't. I, I, the idea that a society doesn't protect people in their society, I've never heard anything like that. I mean, yeah. no place else in the world. I mean, I don't, I don't want to get draconian like Singapore or Saudi Arabia, but they wouldn't put up with it. Mm-hmm. People there feel like they can walk down the street, right? Yeah, it's it's challenging, and I think um, it's going to be both interesting and challenging for the new mayor to see how he's going to get along with the police department and what that means for the summer, and uh, and also where he's going to get the the money and reallocate monies for city services. Brennan is is and I don't know. Maybe it's more of a John Flanagan question, but. Are the, are the news reports being scrubbed out of any of this kind of stuff? Out of out of, I won't say it's out of being woke or what it is, because I don't even know what the hell that means. But are these news reports getting scrubbed to where you don't even really know how bad it really is? I, the reason why I ask is on Thursday, driving in, so I was picking Andrew up, and uh, so I hear that there was a there was a big wreck on Ryan at Fifty Fifth Street, and. Uh, and it was, you know, injured people and blah, blah, blah. And it, was, it wasn't about... But that somehow or another, there was police activity, too, because, now, again, I only heard this one spot. But, I mean, this is the traffic report guy. And he goes, the story is that somebody in a car... And how, how many cars do you think are driving around on any given night with three people and they're loaded to the max just looking for any sign of opportunity? I mean, mm-hmm. they, they, they stopped the car on the roadway and went and, and robbed the injured and then took off. I'm like, so of course I'm sitting there, hey, before I say anything about that, i got to confirm it. So I went to every single traffic site, every single thing, 
not a word, not even a word of the accident. Are, are, are we? Is is there some some docu, uh, you know, any sort of a, doc, a declaration somewhere that we're supposed to keep this down to where we don't even talk about it? Well, if there is, that's that's a frightening thing because you know that's that's really where truth is, and if if that kind of a thing is true, that feeds right into. Um, things like Fox News, where things are ignored or denied or um, or broadcast just because of a particular view or kept from the public from a particular view, which is not the idea of a free press, in my mind. The free press should be talking about things, uh, whether they're complementary or detrimental to the administration or, or whomever it is that, that's in charge. And um, But I, I can't answer your question because I don't know enough information about that. Well, I don't either. About that either. But I I watch the financial stuff all day long, uh, sometimes ad nauseum, and I don't. We talk. We've talked a month now about this budget thing, Mm -hmm. and not once have I seen anybody being on the left or right news saying, "Hey, guys, every forty seconds we're dropping a million bucks. That's where we're at." Mm -hmm. Not not one person. There's used to be a couple guys on CNBC that would talk about stuff like that. They don't have that anymore. But mm-hmm. I, don't, it's, it's, I don't know what you do about it. So it's not something you can, maybe you don't want to hear it all day long. You know what I'm saying? But but uh, it, by the same token, I mean, these guys, they're telling you what a great job they did this weekend on this budget thing? I mean, really? Where would they go, from 40 seconds to 41 in the million dollars? <laughs> yes, something like that. Something and like, they haven't got it passed yet. They still have to go through through both parties to get it passed in the House of Representatives. And then there's a question about whether 60 senators will approve it as well. Well, then they're trying to get out of the House committee because what's-his-name had to put a couple of the, the uh, I won't say extremists, but guys that are really the budget hawks on that committee. So, But I think he'll probably get out of there. Brennan, keep doing better, buddy. Um, S&P futures up 23, NASDAQ futures up 180 every day now. Easy money. We'll be right back with Joel and Conan. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox. The control freaks guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage health care costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. 
We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630-401-8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, innovation and human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Stocks, jocks, Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Welcome back to Stocks and Jacks. I'm tomorrow. My warm the board. SP futures up 25 now. As a futures up 188. Are we going to do another 4 or 5%? We'll, we'll ask Joel and Kenny that. Dow futures are actually down 30, which is kind of odd. Uh, we've got a Chevron Texaco down a buck 42. I guess we must have oil down a little bit. But basically, I'm surprised. Microsoft's up 4, so I don't know why the Dow futures would be down, but somehow they are. Uh, but not very much. Uh, over in Asia, we've got the uh, Nikkei up 94.3%. Hang Seng, which has been getting its butt kicked totally. A little bit of a bounce up 44, a uh, 0.24. Uh, the uh, it was set for new lows, but then they managed to creep to the plus just a little bit. Shanghai up two, call that flat. So uh, the uh, China, the rebound has been pretty pretty awful. And matter of fact, their unemployment rate among their young people was, was skied. So they've got they got problems. Uh, and I don't know uh, how they're going to work their way out of them, or if they are. Uh, DAX up 77.5%, FTSE down 51.7%, kick around down 37.5%. So, um, mixed bag over in Europe with the Germany, the only one up. Friday, I mean, these, the rally here is just r- remarkable. The Dow up 328, S&P up 54, NASDAQ up 277, it's over 2%. I mean, every day, I mean, we're talking about just, easy, you know, we're just flying up, it's flying. NVIDIA now is, uh, probably has a $1 trillion market cap because it's up another 16 today. There's just, there isn't a seller anywhere in these things. And it is uh, artificial intelligence to the moon. They were doing the same thing with the the crypto. They had the crypto chips that ran up to 321 then back to 100. I don't know if it's going back to 100 this time, but but anybody who's been riding it all the way up should at least take pause, I think, a little bit. Uh, Treasury down 10 basis points, 3.71. One down five basis points, 2.37. Japan unchanged at 0.44. Oil down 85 cents, 71.82. Back under 72 bucks. That's a full percent. Rent down a buck 17, 75.80. Natural gas down seven cents, 234. Arbob down three cents, 266. We've got gold up 970, 1972. Maybe trying to get back to 2000. It was under 1950, I believe, on Thursday night. Uh, silver down three cents, 23.33. Copper unchanged, 367. We've got Bitcoin now up 315, back way over 27,000, 27,991. We have the U.S. dollar, which has been causing kind of a lot of this, but the dollar is actually down a little today with the, the euro back over 1107 uh, and the pound back over 124. So the dollar is getting hit a little bit this morning. Many of you traffic, weather sports. 36 minutes past the hour. Good morning to everyone out there. We have a couple of uh, serious crashes already here on the Tuesday after Memorial Day. We'll start on the Stevenson northbound side just before Pulaski. There's a crash blocking the two left lanes that has uh, solid traffic backed up significantly. Expect uh, major delays if you're heading on uh, the inbound side of the Stevenson and approaching Pulaski due to that crash. Then just west of there, we had an earlier crash on the Tri-State I-294 southbound just before 47th Street. That crash was involving a semi. Uh, they've apparently got the crash cleared, but still a lot of congestion on the oh. south side of the tri-state. But everything else looking okay out there. Weather today, lots of sunshine and uh, very nice temperatures. Uh, a high of 76. Right now it's clear and 60 okay. degrees downtown. For our Phoenix listeners, sunny with a high of 98. Right now it's clear and 72. 
In sports, Cubs uh, snapped their four-game losing streak, uh, beating the Tampa Bay Rays 1-0 yesterday at Wrigley. Uh, Marcus Stroman was spectacular. A complete game shutout, which you don't see those very often anymore, Chief. Uh, so Cubs uh, win that one 1-0. Sox lost to the Angels 6-4. They've dropped three in a row. Diamondbacks beat the Rockies 7-5. So as we take a Tuesday morning quick glance at our Major League Baseball standings, the White Sox are now 22-34, and having lost three in a row. They're in fourth place in the AL Central, seven back of first place Minnesota. The Cubs are 24, or excuse me, 23 and 30 um, after winning yesterday. They are in fourth place in the NL Central, five back of the first place Brewers. And the Diamondbacks' surprising start to the season continues. They're 31 and 23. They've won two straight, six of their last 10, and they're in second place in the NL West, firmly in the wild card race, and just a game and a half back of the first place Dodgers. NBA basketball last night, Chief. The Heat, after blowing a three games to nothing lead to force a game seven in Boston, they go into Boston and blow out the Celtics last night, 103 to 84, winning that series 4 to 3, avoiding becoming the first team ever to blow a 3 0 lead in the NBA, and advancing to the NBA Finals, which will begin on Thursday versus the Denver Nuggets. Nuggets opened as minus 360 favorites. That's all the way up to minus 480 now, so not a lot of love for the Heat in the Finals. And the finals are set in the NHL as well as uh, the Las Vegas Golden Knights beat Dallas uh, 6-4. to four, Advanced to take on, actually, I think I have that score wrong. It might have been 6 to nothing. I'll, I'll confirm the score. But they took care of Dallas, no problem. Advanced to take on the Panthers now in the uh, Stanley Cup Finals, which will begin on Saturday. Vegas are favorites at minus 140 for that series. But you got to love the NHL. Las Vegas versus South Florida. Yeah, that's in the uh, Stanley Cup final. That's not well, you've be got great the, for did you? Uh, hey, Joel, how are you? Hey, good morning, Chief. Good morning, Maddie. Maddie, you doing okay? You see, you sound a little, a little tired there. Did you have a long weekend? Long weekend on the on the uh, beaches of uh, Michiana. Oh, nice, yes. nice, nice. Okay, well, good thing you weren't on North Beach. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. uh. They had a, a shooting in the middle of the day at Fort City where. Some guy comes out and opens fire on a guy. The other guy's got the concealed carry. He comes back and shoots back at the guy and kills him. And this is the middle of the day. Yeah, I mean, not good. Not good. But let, let's yeah. talk about other things here. Chief. Where's where's I, all this money coming from for the Nasdaq? I I don't know, man. Who who's losing all this money is what I want to know. I mean, there's got to be someone on the other end of these trades, huh? Uh, I mean, well, I mean, it, well, I don't know if anybody. I think the sellers have just. Uh, no, no, nobody's selling it, just letting the thing rise. But I just, I don't know that, uh, well, I mean, we have uh It's got to be for every winner, there's a loser. But, uh, Chief, uh, you know, I heard you uh, before I came on, and uh, you were talking about uh, this NVIDIA, right? Yeah. And the recent moving in and people that have been in long to stock. Uh, I, I think there's, there's a couple things that I'd like to point out uh, to our listeners here. And number one is... Based on that last earnings report, and I don't, you know, I don't know how it, you know, where we're at the last few days. After that big move, it was actually cheaper than it was on a price-to-earnings basis than it was before the report because they raised estimates so high. Well, so it was actually cheaper the day that it was traded up almost a hundred dollars. Well, I, I, when you say estimates, I think the guy who runs a place looks to me like a carnival barker. I mean, just because he says they're going to make all this more dough, they haven't made it yet. No, no, that's true. But, you know, what's this market? This market's expectations, right? Anticipation. And you know what it is more than that? 
it's a momentum market. Oh yeah, without a doubt. And, yeah, momentum. Uh, the other thing that I want to point out to you and in in uh, anybody that's um, long that stock is I'm about to sneeze here, so uh, if I do, I, I apologize in advance. Allergy season here in the Motor City. Oh yeah. Is you you have it traded up fourteen and a half bucks today, right? Well, yep. of course it's a big component of the S and P, and that's why. But you know why else is trading up fourteen and a half bucks? You're shorted. I'm shorted. No, 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 man. I gave up that a long time ago. No, um, and and this is a, this is kind of important, and this is kind of uh, things that we haven't really talked about on the show. Is it is getting this Wall Street analyst love, and yeah. Uh, you, yeah, you get Chris Castle over at Raymond James, who's been pretty good on the stock. He maintained his strong buy rating, and he boosted his price target from two ninety to four fifty. Okay. Well, right, well, right now we're talking. It reaches a point, Joel, where I agree with you on the on the uh, PE ratio part. The thing that is has always been something that's been a, a tag for me forever. Back since Cisco, I had to give speeches regarding Cisco's collapse. We're t- we're pushing the ten times revenue that things trading at. That's 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 rarefied air as far as I'm concerned. I, I look Gee. at the revenue numbers more than the. I mean. We're talking about if 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 they're, you know, if they're if they're. Mo- so you're actually trying to look at this market logically, Chief. Well, because eventually, you get back to that. I mean, I remember what I'm saying. Yeah. My my whole my whole concern, Joel, is that, as you know, for being on the show forever, I honestly believe, and I think I can prove it, that when you have a a run up that I'm going to say is, momentum driven, crazed, whatever you want to talk about it. These these kind of run run up. Say something runs up two hundred bucks, and runs down two hundred bucks. There's going to be a lot of people that say everybody's even. What I'm going to say is no, they're not. People lose way more on the way down. You would think it would just be a simple U-turn, but it isn't. No, I mean it's it's called overhead supply. It's something that. We but I mean, there's margin. About. Yeah, there's yeah, margin. Yeah. There's all kind. Of, people lose more when you. Re- I'm not talking about. 10 years from now. I'm saying if this thing were to run back down to 300 this week, which I'm not predicting, by the way, I'm going to say that more money's lost on the on the 100 down than was made on the 100 up. Yeah, I mean, I have to, you know, I, I have to agree with you, you know, on that, but, you know, it's not going down 100 bucks today. No, no, yeah, no, no. But and, uh, and, uh, and it's just, it's just a moment, I mean, it's always, you know, it's always easy to look at these stocks and they have these run-ups and, you know, you say, you know, I'm holding on. This thing's going to 500, right? And then it, it then the momentum turns. And right now, this is, uh, and, and I was, but the point I was getting to earlier, this guy comes out from Raymond James, right? And then someone else is going to come up and raise their price target, and then it's just going to keep the momentum going. So, uh, really, and and this probably makes no sense at all. Oh, well, this I, thing's probably not going to go down until you get a bad CPI number. Well, what I mean, how much? Where's the dough coming from? Is is it the huge spike of six weeks ago because of the bank? I mean, the the, the money that's flying in here. Of course, the the stock market creates its own money. I mean, right? I mean, if, if Nvidia goes up, they went up last week. What on the one day it was up eighty dollars? That's uh, two hundred and fifty. Well, there's two and a half billion shares outstanding, so it's up a hundred bucks. Say, well, it's uh-huh. two hundred and fifty billion dollars. It's it's like made dough. 
I mean, it's, it's, it's new wealth. It's new buying power. I mean, it's, if I had to... I, I'll tell you where the money's coming from. It's coming from all these people. They were hiding out in Pepsi-Cola. Have you looked at the Pepsi chart? Have you looked at the Coke chart? Yeah, no Have more. you looked at the, at the Colgate-Palmolive chart? Have you looked at the J&J chart? It's just, this is the market of rotations, right? And right now, it, and, and where, where are your banks gone? Your bank's gone nowhere. So they're saying this is a momentum market. These managers are not, you know, they're just chasing momentum. And they're like, okay, man, growth, growth is hot, man. We gotta, we gotta own growth at any, at any cost. And so they come into the market. They're selling the consumer staples. They're selling the utilities that they've been hanging out. And that's where the money's coming from. But how many times? It's, well, but it's coming from. There's 250 billion dollars of buying power in the market in this one stock in two days. And you can borrow, I mean, if you had that money here at PTI, you can borrow 50% of it and buy more stuff, right? Yep. Yep. I mean, it's real. Yep. 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 It's momentum, Chief. And right now, the momentum's to the upside in the market. And I think right, wrong, or indifferent with our opinions on the market. There's, oh, I know, agree. The market's I, not rational. Well, the and, weird part is we have, um, it's probably NVIDIA outside of Apple, with the places I do my subcontract work for. Apple's probably by far our biggest R, the, the group's collectively biggest holding, and NVIDIA's probably number two, maybe Microsoft, but it's, it's right up there. I guarantee you there will not be one call today by anybody saying, should we hedge this a little bit? <laughs> not a little bit. I mean, if, if I was lucky enough to have 1,000 shares of this, I'd hold my nose. I'd have to sell a hundred or two hundred today, not the whole thousand. Okay, yeah, I I, I would have sold it. Uh, I would have sold it last week. Up, so would you know, I. So would I. I. <laughs> All right, chief. All I right, take a, care, I'll, buddy. All right, go blue. SP futures up twenty five. Nasdaq is one ninety two. We're going straight to Kenny. How are you? How are you doing with your five thousand shares of Nvidia? I'm good. I'm good. But I got to tell you, I want to I want to add to that because we talked about this. Or I talked about this. No, no. If you're going to do that, if you own it, like you said. I would I would have sold something maybe you you maintain a core position and act like a an asset manager right so take take whatever you identify as the excess over your core position maybe sell it wait if it comes back and you're going to buy it back if it doesn't then it doesn't right I on the other hand didn't sell any of it because I still think it's it's a long term name for me so even though it popped like that I'm still holding it and look it's higher again today I still think it's going to come back and fill the gap that it created it's not going to fill it in one day. But I suspect it's getting a little bit it's getting a little bit pricey now and at some point it calms down that it's gonna come back and, and, and try to fill that gap that it created. And then we'll go from there. But look, it's a it's a great name. Uh, and and you know, uh, CEO Huang came out today in Taiwan and you know talked it up some more, talked about now everyone in the world's a computer programmer because all you have to do is talk to the computer now and you can program it to do whatever you want. And that may be true, and so it's gonna be, you know, life changing for sure. Um uh, and they stand right at the nexus of it. So it's 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 not a name that I would have sold at all. Although if there are some people that say, you know, they want to manage some risk and take a little bit off the table while maintaining core position, that's great. Well, you don't you don't, you don't want what, I, what I'm talking about has to do with if, if I'm managing somebody's portfolio and all of a sudden Correct. this thing has ballooned from eight percent of the portfolio to twenty five. You don't want to, you don't really want anything being twenty five percent of your portfolio. No, correct. Yeah. So if that happens, then you have to, right? In my in in my own portfolio, I'm going to let it run because it's like twenty five percent. But uh, but it's it might be a little bit overweighted now. But new money I'm going to add to other sectors, so that'll balance it out again. Well, what do you I mean? What do you make of? Because to me, this all ties together somewhat. <laughs> that the Fed to me has been uh, 
if you look at these numbers, the Fed, it's total BS. What they're saying that they're cutting back and they're fighting inflation, they're not at all. It reminds me of them three years ago when they say there was no inflation when there was. I mean, I, I, I can't think of people that I would, I would I would trust less with a dollar, one of my dollars than these people. Uh, yeah, no, I hear you. But what, so we've got this idea. This money is now. We've we've even though they haven't done it, the market being up has essentially created this wealth thing. But the inflation I was talking about earlier, Kenny, it's starting to come through. Even the monopoly places, the utilities, they've just managed to get the stuff through the legislator list. For the Fed, think that they're. I've got these guys' balance sheet bigger than it was in March. So their idea of, of fighting stuff. <laughs> It's not my idea of fighting stuff. I mean, uh, I mean, who are they kidding? I mean, they're, they're, we're, we're we're still talking about they would do what? They they went up the balance sheet went up uh, three times and now it's down five percent. I mean, come on, what are right? We- but it went up. But now did the balance sheet go up because then we had you know they they justified it by saying we had that banking crisis. We had to you know we had to lubricate the system. We didn't want this failure. Blah 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 blah. Which is what they did. But I agree with you. They're not. They're not the money supply has grown, so it is not uh, it has not helped the market come in at all. If anything, it's only it's only boost you know given reason people to to push the market higher, which is what we've seen happen, right? I think though that this uh, this debt deal, uh, I think most of it was priced in. I think this little surge we're seeing this morning um, might be a very short term relief. I would suspect that you know once it once once a day gets started and people really kind of concentrating on it. That you know, we'll see the market pull back. I don't think it's going to fall out of bed, but I don't think it's going to continue to push higher and higher and higher on this debt deal because we still got the Fed next week. We uh, in two weeks, we've still got CPI, we still got inflation sticky, we've still got wages that are rising, we've still got unemployment at a rate that the, is well below what the Fed says they need to see it at. Right? They need to see it five plus percent. We're still at three point four percent. So uh, I think once people start to concentrate on again, that you know, that'll bring reality back. Well, the, uh, the reality the that will... the reality that they need to focus on, in one man's opinion, and I'm sure they're not listening, the reality they need to focus on is that this unemployment rate number isn't worth isn't worth what you just let go in the can this morning. Because the problem is the people that <laughs> the people that are working are the ones that are having a problem. Just because you have a job doesn't mean that you're safe, like uh, it was 20 listen, years ago. Listen, a thousand percent. I talked to three people over the weekend that on Friday lost their job down in. They're down in Texas and they work in different industries, but all three of them said to me, "I'm out, I'm out, I'm out." Not because they wanted to be, but because they they just lost their job. But those are people that are. But to your point, even the people that are working are having trouble staying staying ahead and staying, you know, uh, uh, even with uh, with what prices are doing. I mentioned earlier that the the line that we use our separate line for stocks and jacks went up from yep. ninety five hours to one thirty one since October. Yeah, and my gas bill, or my actually the gas bills in Chicago haven't been in, in the round Chicago, which is North Shore. People have been gagging on, but then we had a mild winter, so it didn't wasn't as bad as people thought. Electric bill goes up every month. My the electric bill to my place now it's an apartment. The the bill the part on the bill that is uh, uh, just not not if I don't use any electric, the bill is still higher than it was two years ago. Yeah, you know, uh, but, but I understand. Kenny, how are we got pretty intelligent people in this country? And I talked to some guys this weekend, and they're talking about how uh, they're going to they they're into this. Uh, we're going to get some solar panels and all this stuff. And, and you don't want to give, you know, you, you don't ever want you don't want to be doggy downer over a nice beer on a Saturday night. But 
you say to yourself, don't, don't you idiots, and they're not idiots, they're smart people, don't you idiots realize that the, the electric company is so far ahead of you, you, th- you think you're being slick, <laughs> as they say on the south side. You're, they're beyond slick. You, you, can, you can use, if you put every, you can put, invest whatever you want, windmills, solar panels, God knows what else, be out in the back turning a crank. You can invest all you want in two years from now, your electric bill, in case you ever have to turn it on. The cost for you to even have the, the, the hookup is going to be more than your electric bill is today. They don't care yeah, if you're right. using electric. No. How do people not realize that this is being blown by them so fast they can't even see it? <laughs> Why you no, read? Because I, I think that's just it. There's so many other things that are right. that, that are that are you know occupying them that they're not paying attention. Look, yeah. I was talking to a guy yesterday that works at Nextera Energy, which owns Florida Power and Light, and he was saying that you know the price of natural gas has plummeted, so therefore electric rates should start to come back down again. Guess what? My electric rate went up. Yeah. Right, my my rate went up eighteen percent. It didn't. It's and it has not come down. And that eighteen percent caused my bill to go up by forty percent. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Yeah, I'm going to say that the that a lot of the stuff, the sticky stuff on the inflation, the stuff that you got to go through your legislators to get, like these utilities and stuff, it's yeah. just coming through. It's not a two year ago phenomenon. It's a now phenomenon. Yeah. Right. Right. I you know I I don't. Uh, it's it's pretty. You just wonder how it's, where's where does it all go, Ken? I mean, are we, are we are we talking about? I mean, if you listen today, you're, a lot of your old compatriots on CNBC, they're gonna be talking about how you need to buy John Deere, because okay, John Deere's gonna AI, even though nobody, not one person can define it really, other than well, Kevin probably can, and so can Carl. But I, you know, I, it's it's continual advances, obviously, in computing stuff to where because of the massive amount of stuff you can store and you can now do stuff that you really would like to have done 20 years ago and, and this is a, a constantly a progress whether it's a, it's a breakthrough or not I'm going to say it probably isn't it's just continual progress but the idea that John Deere is going to be so efficient five years from now that John Deere should be buying paying, you should pay buy John Deere because it's going to go up twice as much because they can lay off all these people at some point if nobody has a job, how the hell? I mean, what are we doing here? I mean, I, 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 somehow, somehow, I don't know. The, the the idea that all of a sudden, you know, stocks and jacks with AI, I can get rid of Matty Weber. I don't think so. <laughs> really? <laughs> what what does that mean? That that all of a sudden, I mean, yeah, I mean, this idea that it's it's spread through the whole system. Whenever this happens, Kenny, in in, in review, whether it was two thousand, whether it was the rally in the early seventies before we started to go downhill with the inflation. Whatever it is, it's always money in the system, the Fed behind it. Now, are they behind it again? Is, are we talking about, because it takes months for this stuff to go through. We had a spike in the balance sheet from 8342 on March 8th. This has to do with the Silicon Valley thing. Back up right. to, they put uh, $450 billion into the, into the system in three weeks. And now they've been working on that down a little bit. I think we're seeing that spike work its way through. And now on top of that, you had $250 billion in the market cap to NVIDIA in the last four days. So now they've, I, I, there's like a double bump in wealth and, and money available and borrowing power. To, look what they, I, mean, I think it's all, it's all those two weeks in the Fed. It's not AI. Well, listen, I, 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 I think it's a combination. I absolutely think that the AI hysteria has created oh. the moves in a lot of these tech. Absolutely, NVIDIA, Microsoft, Google, 
Amazon, they're all right at the, at the, at the heart of AI. Actually, listen, even J.P. Morgan, they came out with the InvestGPT, their artificial intelligence you know, bot that's now going to give investment advice, right? So I do believe that the AI stuff is kind of at the, at the, at the core of this most recent surge higher for sure. Now, it hasn't been assisted because of what the Fed is doing? Sure. But I do, uh, but I am in the camp that I absolutely think uh, the AI hysteria uh, uh, is alive and well, and may be alive and well for a while longer. Well, okay, but now we've got. I mean, I guess my, I don't have a, uh, um, you know, that much of an issue with the market going up. I love it because <laughs> clients that are all, right. are, so it's it's not it. I just, I mean, it's some. I'm concerned, Kenny. I mean, uh, the, the the bull markets, the serious bull markets that I've been in, uh, involved with uh, for a lot long time, are the ones that just kind of grind, keep going. This this Correct. four and five and six and ten percent move by the day, in my experience, sometimes can be a, a sign of unhealth, just like going down. I mean, what did Netflix do over the weekend? It'd be up five percent today. I don't know, but five percent is is a year move in a stack. It's not a weekend move. I, I, I hear you. And look at well, the move in, in Nvidia. What's it up? It's up now thirty three percent in two yeah. days or three days, right? Uh, I mean, it's up 170% year-to-date, uh, or it will be when the market opens today, right? Uh, which I think is, again, a little bit a little bit traumatic. But look, they're, in the, they're right at the, at the core of, you know, this technology now that's going to change the world, I guess. Um, and I have to go back and remind myself what happened to, you know, when the Internet became the thing. What happened to, I mean, we know what happened to the dot-com stuff. So those were crazy. But I'm talking about, um, you know, overall, what did broader tech do during uh, during that time? It went up for sure. It was that you know the '90s were a great time to be a tech investor for sure. Um, but you know, I, I get the sense it feels the same to me with with this artificial intelligence now. No matter you know who uses it uh, in their earnings report or in their commercials or in, you know every, and whenever they get the opportunity to use it, they use it, um, and it causes you know it creates all this hysteria. This this, this this angst out there in the markets, people feeling like I got to get in, I got to get, in, I'm going to miss this, I'm going to miss this. Look, if you if you haven't gotten in yet, you've certainly missed a good move of it. But it's going to. This is still in its infant stages, though. It's going higher over the long term for sure. Well, I mean, I think from a, an investment standpoint, if you if you have if Nvidia really does have this lead, because they supposedly yep. had the big lead in the in the Bitcoin chips too. If they really have yep. this lead, it comes down. And I, I, I'll be honest with you, I am not. The person's smart enough because if they have the lead, that's a, a seriously positive thing for that company. Now the question sure is, is now for question is how long are they going to have the lead? I don't see ADM, Intel, and the rest of these guys just laying down and dying. So is the lead? No, they won't. Nor do I see Google or even Amazon. I don't see them laying down and dying. Or IBM. But I don't. Right? But I don't. Microsoft. Okay, so they have a lead. There were. But as to all the other. What does it do for Microsoft? What does it do for Netflix? What does it do for? I don't. I don't know that that these guys, the Google. You know, we haven't. We haven't. The, the word that'll show how old you are, Kenny. You won't use the word cloud at all for the next month. Now, <laughs> two months ago, if it was the cloud, you ran up, right? I mean, what, what's right? I mean, so right. I can anybody even tell you the? I mean, I asked Kevin last week. I go, so what's the story with the cloud? He goes, figure people finally figured out it was just rent computer time from somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I mean, I, I, I like it, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, th- but I, so I, I just, I, when I, I, 
I, I would have I would have trouble telling somebody to buy Nvidia today. After, after yeah, I, you know it's funny because last week when it popped, I put in my notes that you know the, the people that are buying up twenty five percent, it's either short covering, it's panic buying, it's people that you know missed it and now they all want to get in. I said I would never buy the stock up twenty five percent. So some woman, you know, tweeted at me this morning making fun of me saying. Penny said not to buy it up 25%. Well, I did it. I'm up another 4%. I'm like, lady, that's good for you. But if you bought it at 160 where I bought it, you'd be up 170%. Well, there price. you go. You, you, <laughs> st- you stuck the sword right back. <laughs> yeah, I love how they, you know, they, I just wait and watch. But I agree with you. I would not be a buyer. If I just said it. But I own it, so I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying the ride. If it goes high, it's good for me. All right, Kenny, take care of yourself. Have a nice week, buddy. Hopefully I'll see you one of these days. Uh, SP yeah, Futures goodbye. up 24, and if he's up 196, be right back with the Professor Helsnar. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation in the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I did invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of Home Source Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification, or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Interested in promoting your business to a high-end audience comprised of entrepreneurs, traders, executives, and the everyday business person? Consider advertising on Stocks and Jocks. With devout listenership covering the Chicago market along with a vast online presence, advertising on Stocks and Jocks may be just what it takes to put your business over the top. For more information, contact me, Matt Weber, at matt at stocksandjocks.net. That's matt at stocksandjocks.net. Hear ye, hear ye! The Homer Broadcasting System is on the air! Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control! Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. There's something happening here. Load up, stocks and jacks. I'm Tom Alton, Matt Weber on the board. SP futures up 24, Nasdaq futures up 195. On our way, probably to 200. So, uh, Professor, was that your your aunt your aunt May snart? It called Kenny up and told him that he should have bought Nvidia last night because they're because it's up four percent already. 
Um, I don't. I don't think I have an ant. Snark. Uh, oh, ant. oh, I'm just saying. If yeah. you did, would that be? <laughs> <laughs> don't tell me you didn't have any ants. You, you... Well, one that. I mean, most of my uh, aunts are, uh, and uncles are probably more interested in growing potatoes than. Oh God. <laughs> so they're they're from Idaho. Yeah. Well. Apparently, there's a, a group of snars in Ohio. I uh, found out about that in the Navy when I was teaching at Nuclear Power School in Idaho Falls, Idaho. Uh, one of the officers came up to me, officer students. I was an enlisted, and he was officer. He came up to me, and he goes, hey, do you know a Todd star? I, yeah, he's my brother. And he, I go, where's he from? And he goes, from Ohio, and he looks just like you, except he's six foot two. And I'm like, well, my brother Todd is three inches shorter than me, and uh, he's never been to Ohio. God. Where so you... there's a group of snars in in Ohio. There's a and there's a group of snars in northern Utah, and there's a group up there in Idaho Falls, Idaho. Um, just to show that the things never really change. Um, there's a quote here. I call it panic to be afraid to sell at a profit, lest an additional profit be lost. Uh, 1929 congressional hearings on the crash. <laughs> how many how many people today? If you if you sold one of these stacks up here and you you may have had a run on it, and I'd say congratulations. How many people, if it's up another two bucks today, will be pissed off and not happy? Yeah, it's a it's, uh, it's a. Speaking of predictions, did you uh, you heard to see a Fergie Jenkins tweet yesterday, Maddie? I did not. Uh, Fergie tweeted that. There will like a never be another perfect or another uh, complete game, R.I.P. complete game, and like an hour later, the guy completes a game. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's like Charles Barkley saying, "I guarantee you, the Celtics win Game Seven. <laughs> well, you know, there's only been I think midway midway through the first quarter. <laughs> well, the surprising thing is not only that there's what are we now? Uh, Owen, Owen, is it one forty nine? Many of teams that have been a. Uh, What's the number of, of teams? Something like that, yeah. It's never happened before. It's never happened before, but the weird part is f- three or four other teams have come back to three games and all of them have lost the seventh game, which you would, really wouldn't expect. You would think that once you made it past, back to best. Did you, uh, I don't know if you were a chance, you were probably driving home last night, but did you listen to the Charles at halftime? Me? No, I did not, no. Well, if oh, you, Matty, okay. If, if you, well, I mean, you, you could have, if you did too today, yeah, it was for you as well. You would have given him the same crap you give me. All he did was totally go off on everything Boston was doing was, was heaving up three-pointers. They were like four for 24 or something, the three-pointers yeah. in the first class. And he goes, there's a difference between a, a good three-pointer. You don't just go down there and heave it up like on a playground. This yeah, is Charles. It's true. <laughs> what the, do you think of the game would have been uh, different? Tatum was uh, 100%? Possibly, but I, the way the Heat were playing right from the jump, you could tell uh, it was going to take a lot to beat them. They were, they were, they were locked in. What do you think about the, them switching to the zone the whole game? I don't think I've ever seen that. I mean, especially against a typically a good shooting team, but they they haven't been the last couple games, and that was a good good decision. Uh, you give them any chance against Denver? Sure, they have a chance. I mean, no one gave much of a chance against Boston, um, but I. I, they don't have any size, and I don't know how they're going to slow down Jokic. Yeah, I, mean, I don't that's, either. That's going to be tough. But um, on the perimeter, they they match up well, and it, it, it. I think it'll be a better series than a lot of people do. Uh, this, supposedly, this well, say kid who's been injured forever. I guess he's going to play. He's okay. What's yeah, his name? Tyler Hero. Oh, is he that good? Uh, he's a twenty points a game guy. Like he's a good good uh, offensive player. Not a very good defensive player, but a good offensive player. Um, what does he play? Is he? A, he's a guard, like a wing. 
Okay. Yeah, like six six wing. So who's who's playing in in his spot? Well, that the Caleb Martin guy is getting mu- a lot of time because Hero's out, and now Martin has become arguably the Heat's best player. <laughs> so um, I don't know what they're going to do because uh, well, who's I the guy who had all the points last night? He- that was Caleb Martin. Okay, yeah, he's uh, and he's the one that's really getting a lot of minutes with Hero being out and Oladipo being out. Wow, but it's uh, did, you, did you guys hear what uh, Kenny said about his twin brother? <laughs> no. no. Oh, I did actually. I did hear that that he should get a five five year fifty million dollar deal just for, just to take a, a shot, basically because his brother's so good. God. Well, you know. Well, they're identical twins. It's really hard to tell them apart. Um. Really, the identical twins in one. Well, you would think they would have. Yeah, they played. They played on Nevada's basketball team together. Yeah, well, I mean the other one's on the Hornets. He doesn't really play yeah. much, but he's he's on a roster. Yeah. Is uh, is there any hope for the guy in the speaking of shifting teams with brothers? You brought the brothers up. Is there any hope for the guy in the Bulls ball? Didn't sound good over the weekend when they said there's fears within the organization that he may never play basketball again. <laughs> That's not. I part part of me thinks they're trying to just get his contract voided or something. Um, well, he was hurt before they got him, right? Allegedly. Allegedly. I don't know how that. Uh, he boy, played how does that the even first, work? you know, two thirds of the season, and uh, played really well, and then hasn't played since. Well, aren't they supposed to give you the physical? I guess. Who was the uh, baseball player, the shortstop that had the two huge contracts and both teams ixnate him this last summer? Carlos Correa with the Twins. Now is he? How's he playing? I haven't watched him. But I, mean, I, um, I don't think he's been playing particularly well, but he's playing. I mean, he's not hurt. They said he was, you know, what was it, an ankle or something? That they said he signed a huge deal with the Mets, and then he signed a huge deal with somebody else. And uh, and they both kind of – he failed the physical on both, and so then he just signed a smaller deal and stayed with the Twins. Well, that was uh, – I don't know if you remember this, Hal. As I, as I recall, me being a no, no doctor, of course, was that he – didn't he sign – it wasn't like he couldn't play tomorrow at 100%, but – Whatever surgery he had was it ankle? They said there, there had been some scar tissue that there's no way they could give him like a ten year contract because in three or four years it was going to start to come back to bite him. Was that the story, Matty? Something like that, exactly. Yeah, they they predicted that something was going to break down in the in in the time frame of that long contract. Hey, um, so hell, what do you make of uh, this this incredibly cool rally? I guess we're now we're up over two nineteen in the Nasdaq, and are we, are is this tree going to reach the sky or what are we doing? Well. I think the uh, Fed, despite what some of the non-voters are saying, I think the Fed's going to pause and commence uh, pretty money again. I think they're going to keep interest rates where they are. And I think that's good for markets. Uh, unfortunately, the Cantillon effect says that uh, the effect of newly, newly printed money, we don't get it all at the same time in the same quantities and the same proportions. The people that get it first benefit from the most. And the people that get it first are going to be putting it into the stock market. So, um, you know, I, I, great for stocks, but I think it's going to cause reinflation. I, you know, because the Fed is stuck, right? The Fed can't lower interest rates. Um, it can't raise interest rates. If it lowers interest rates um, by printing more money, it's going to spur on the inflation. And if it uh, raises interest rates, it's probably going to cause more bankruptcies and, uh, you know, more zombie companies um, failing, right? I mean, that's what Federal Reserve policy does, right? It, it, when you lower interest rates, 
when you lower interest rates and you keep them as low as they were for as many years as it was, I mean, it was like almost 15 years at 0%, right? Yeah. We probably had we probably had negative interest rates. So all these projects that wouldn't have been financed get financed. And as long as those interest rates keep remain low, they probably can finance their way through it. But once those interest rates start rising, man, they don't have the cash flow to cover that, that new debt. Well, what, I mean, I've seen this happen, well, it's it's I, I saw it happen before I even started trading back in the 60s, for God's sake, as we, as soon as the Bretton Woods stopped, the market went up for what? Two years, three years, right? I mean, yeah. every night. It was, yeah. but the Dow was up nine points, eight points, 12 points. And then it happened again, you know, uh, in the, uh, the 80s. It happened again, certainly in the 90s. Uh, yeah, you don't fight the Fed. If the Fed's going to be easy and, and print some money, then don't fight it, right? Because well, the Fed creates the bubble. But what, but what causes, something always causes things to turn around because I mean clearly if you could pass a law that says everybody who owns stocks you can't sell them and you can only buy them and all of a sudden the S&Ps are 42.40 and we could find a way for well, how, a year from now. Well if you can't sell them how can you buy them though? Well I, 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 my, my <laughs> point is that maybe not short sell them maybe whatever yeah. the idea being is all of a sudden it's a, you know why, why, why couldn't we just go to 82 Forty instead of forty-two forty, and everybody just be rich. I mean, when, there are people that are on that level. Why not just let everybody be rich? Why not? Why not let every house just kind of double in value? Guess what? Everybody's loaded. I mean, there's. I mean, at some level, I mean, what, what's the? Why not? Why? Why? Why are we? Why am I nervous that Nvidia is at four hundred nine? Just be happy. Just be happy. You know. Well, I mean, if that's a result of monetary policy, which it probably is going to be. Um, you know, the value of the dollar is less. Everything's gone up in price. The stock price has gone up. Your your meat's gone up. Your gas has gone up. Your energy's gone up. Everything's gone up. So, are we any better off? No. Well, if I'm the guy I with Nvidia, argue- if I'm the guy with Nvidia, why do I care about the other schlump? Yeah. Well, that's what monetary policy does. Uh, it creates the inequality, and we see that with that uh, the demand deposits and the currency. That the top one percent own. They're, I mean, they went from, uh, I don't know, a few, a uh, hundred million in demand deposits and currency uh, before the financial crisis to what one point three trillion, a twenty, a two hundred, a twenty eight hundred percent increase. Yeah. And that's what that's what the Fed policy does, and it's broke. And I don't think doing the same thing over and over and over is going to fix it. I think it's just going to make the rich richer and everybody in the middle class and below worse off. Okay, I mean, so to I, me, to me, it's creating a, a Cuba situation. Well, but it's also, I mean, it's creating something. But I guess the, the difference. I mean, I talk about it every day. I'm sure. I mean, Manny's probably bored to hell with me talking about it this way all the time. But I don't. We reached the point where the the, the five percenters really could care less about the other 95%. I mean, there was a time when, when a I lot of people... I think that's what we have right now, Tom. I mean, yeah. you look at the people in the news, whether it's Fox or CNN, they're doing great. They've never had any better. People in D.C., they they, they feel good. I mean, all they talk about is, is how great everything is. And everybody else is like going, uh, I don't think it's all that great, dude. Well, I mean, I, I run a, a very protected program for people that have real have issues with risk, whether they're retired or whatever. Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, which I really believe is the way you have to deal with certain investors, um, especially if they're retired and so forth. But boy, oh boy, this is like uh, 
you know, selling insurance to people when everybody has a car that you couldn't crash into somebody if you wanted to. I mean, uh, this is what, what, do you, what do you need insurance for here? I mean, for God's sake, right? Yeah. I mean, oh, uh, yeah. I mean, all we do is go up 5%. We're not talking half a percent a day. We're talking 5%. I mean, 5 and 6 and 10%. That, that's, that's a year move and a, and a good year. We're doing this every day. Yeah. Well, I think it's just what people, what investors expect. They're expecting the Fed to uh, pause, uh, to not lower interest rates, but they, they expect the Fed not to raise interest rates. And I think they're, I think they're expecting the Fed to turn around that negative growth in M2. I mean, M2, if you, if you look at it right now, M2 is, is declining. But if you look at it from pre-pandemic trends, M2 is still way above where it was. So they got a long ways to go to get us back just to the pre-pandemic trend. So there's still a lot of inflation in the system, right? Well, I, I, uh, I think what investors, I, I think investors are expecting the Fed to reverse course. I, I, I don't. Uh, it's hard for me to look at M2 because we get it six weeks late. Yeah, I mean, we we get the when we get it, it's a month old, so it's it's useless. Yeah, you just got to look at long term trends on it. Well, okay, but I'm look, I look more at the. I think there's a serious correlation between M2 and the balance sheet. In terms of policy, what they did last week, you can tell from the balance sheet where they were buying or selling. Yeah. What you, what you don't, what you what you miss with the M2 part is what the economy does on its own, because last week on its own, the economy had to put a trillion dollars in, in wealth in the in because it put a trillion dollars in the market. I mean, the the, the two hundred and fifty billion dollars in, in market cap that Nvidia picked up in two days. Those guys, I mean, again, I'm not, I'm not giving any kind of investment advice on what you should do with that. But if you, you look at just the move since Wednesday, P.E. ratio would be, on the move, would be over 20. Yeah. Not, just, not on the stock before, on the move. Yeah. I mean, well, I, th- I think that I think the NVIDIA moves has something to do with uh, firms. I think they're going to try out um, AI. I think you're, you're seeing these tech firms kind of, Shed employees. The employees don't want to come back to the office. You know, AIs don't require uh, free bagels and cappuccinos at the corporate headquarters. So I think I think what that move is is uh, corporations are going to try out more and more of this AI and see if they can replace very expensive workers with AI. And that's that's what I think what's going on with Nvidia. Well, I, I have a if Nvidia is like is like a drug company that gets a cure. For something, yeah. and it doubles or triples. I, I get it, <laughs> right? Yeah. But the idea that this is somehow spreading across—God, do you have any idea how much money Netflix is going to make with AI? Netflix is up five percent today. No, wait a minute. What, what, what is the connection between AI and Netflix that I'm missing? What about John well, Deere? What about I mean? Yeah. I, it, well, it, I mean, you can use humans to figure out what other humans want to watch. Or you can use um, AI, and you know, I think Netflix is just going to employ more and more. Uh, but I mean, you. But you have AIs. a. You have a uh, a vision, and I've talked to a lot of people this weekend. You have a vision of what this so-called AI is, okay? And I don't. I'm going to say that you, better than me, could probably somewhat define it. And yet, the people that we have on the show that I think are really into this kind of stuff, uh, Kevin and Carl, say it's just one more advancement down the road we've been going on for 50 years. It's just yeah. The, the one thing I worry about in uh, AI is uh, if it, if it becomes self-aware. Yeah, you know, I wasn't really worried about it because you know AIs don't 
are never going to feel insecure. They're never going to feel hungry. They're not going to feel uh, slighted by a woman because they asked her out and they got turned down. I mean, hu- that's a human experience, right? But humans will control the energy that AIs need. And that right there creates a little bit of concern for me um, because they they are hungry. They are thirsty. They need electricity to run. So that's that's the one thing. But overall, I think because they don't have any of these other human characteristics, you know, insecurities and whatnot, I, I, I actually see AI as just and I'm not, I'm not talking about the ones that are running it, right? The ones that are pulling the strings on the AI in the background that are tweaking the, the algorithms in, in one direction or another. What I'm talking about is um, I think the AIs are going to be a really awesome, the, the most efficient, smartest expert that you can ever hire right uh, it's whatever, like we're gonna start but, but how do you, people from a different planet. what i'm saying but what you're doing right now is you're imagining where an artificial intelligence thing would go but nobody yeah i mean i i could i i, I would i immediately think of hal <laughs> in yeah. 2001 you yeah know, but well but how, I, how though how, you know that assumes i think that ais will have insecurities well, i don't think ais will have those well, I'm saying uh, but, but, me, flaws. but me imagining that is so useless because yeah. it has nothing to do with Hal. I mean, yeah. but I'm saying, but that, that's the first thing that comes to somebody's mind. By the way, we're not talking about me, Hal. We're talking about Hal from right. Space Odyssey 2001. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe it was your – then there was the uh, – what was it? M- M5 was the thing in uh, Star Trek, right? They gave, <laughs> yeah. a, they gave it control of the ship, and all of a sudden things started protecting himself and – Blessed yeah. all the other ships. I mean, that's what the, the only the only vulnerability I see with AI is the fact that it needs electricity. That's the only thing that I worry about, right? Because you know when humans are starved, they they turn into monsters. In, in Venezuela, when there were uh, shortages of food because of price controls, uh, humans turned into monsters. They were eating uh, wild game raw in the wilderness. Yeah. So, I, I, but I don't see AI doing that. I'm not sure if AI will ever get to that point where it'll get desperate like that. Right? Well, yeah, I mean, I guess the the part that I keep kind of driving at is we've we've added you know zillions of dollars in value of people pumping up something that I'm going to say 99 percent of the world, even me, even me, especially me, have no idea what I'm talking about. I mean, yeah. what I mean, what what is advanced? If you, if you talk to Kevin or or, uh, or Carl. And Carl, you know, was into computer stuff 20 years ago when he sold his place. I mean, what has advanced in the last month that all of a sudden... And they'll both tell you nothing. That it's, it's all the ability to use big data. It's all... It's all the, you could do all this stuff 15 years ago if you had the data behind it, if you had the power behind it, if you had the computing capacity. It's all about... I mean, it, it's it's no different than people who used to... I mean, every every term paper as a professor... There's only a certain amount of subjects you guys give term papers on, right? And people 20 years ago kept you you could you could buy a term paper on Socrates' life or whatever wherever it happened to be. You, yeah, you, you know, you could always buy. Yeah, yeah, the rich had access to better uh, better term papers, right? More high quality term papers. Yeah. In, in the movie, uh, in the movie uh, uh, with uh, what was that? Going back to school, back to school with uh, Oh Rodney. Yeah, yeah, he hired 
Vonnegut to write a paper about himself. Yeah. <laughs> and the professor gave him, I don't know, a C. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, as I, when, I, when I, you know, there, there's always, I think, I think this has been progressing. I think it's been around a lot longer than people give it credit for in, in various stages. Yeah, I, th- I think what it is, is it's going to make us more efficient. The, the problem is, I think firms that rely on the AI too much, I mean, the AI is going to be this incredible expert that never sleeps, never eats. Um, you have to you know, provide energy, but it's just going to be this real, it, you think of it as a really efficient nerd, the nerdiest nerd he ever uh, hired who never has to sleep. That's who it's going to be. But I don't think companies get wealthy having that that nerdy nerd run their company. I think you're still going to have to have a human managing it um, because experts are experts at being wrong. And the the best one is last night. I love Charles Barkley to death. But I think in the mid-first uh, quarter, like I said earlier, he said, yeah, the Celtics win game seven right before the Celtics fell apart, right? And that's why he was so upset at halftime because all the Celtics are doing are lobbing up those three-pointers and they're they're clanking and hitting the back of the rim. That's why he was so upset, right? Because it made him look bad. I, I mean, he I, is I, do, I do like his tailor, though. Experts at being bad. I do right? like his. I do like his his tailor, though. He always looks good. Always oh yeah, tailor. he looks great. Yeah. I mean, how can he, needs, he... he needs to work on his golf swing, though. Oh God! What, I mean, how, why does he always look so good? And Shaq always looks like he, he went to the place down the block to get his suit. I think Shaq probably just doesn't care. I mean, he's got lots of money, and he has lots of businesses, and he he proved himself. I mean, he, he's done all that. He won championships, and, I mean, he's a diesel. So Shaq can do whatever he wants to do, right? Well, I mean, Charles has done an awful lot. I bet Charles yeah. made a lot more money after basketball. than Well, no, Shaq has a lot of businesses, though, right? Oh, yeah, he, yeah, he's got businesses in Vegas. He's got them all over the place. Plus, he wants to be a cop. He, he's, a, he's a successful dude. He's kind of followed in uh, yeah. Magic's footsteps. Yeah, I think Ma- so, yeah. Does Magic still have all of those, these Starbucks places? In the- I don't know, but I think Magic's doing great, too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's that's a, Those are beautiful stories, man. Well, I mean, he, he put the – at one time, Matty, wasn't he the only Starbucks franchisee because he put them in bad neighborhoods? Starbucks never put a, a Starbucks in a because they, they 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 didn't franchise right aren't they're all owned by Starbucks I think I'm not an expert but I think they're all owned by Starbucks right every store I don't think there's franchises well, I think there's probably franchises of well, Starbucks there are, there are now I, I, there I are now but yeah. I mean I think Shaq yeah. might I you know somebody if they know a tweet in but I I think he might have been the first huh and uh but uh yeah I just I mean uh, as an as a as an investor. Um, you know, right now, it's as a money manager, it's real hard because everybody. The weird part of this all you know, is the, is the dramatic rise in the stocks that are in the Nasdaq. And yet, if you had a client that signed up with you last November, December, or even people that have been here a while, you couldn't get anybody in the Nasdaq with the horrible year it had last year. So, what if it's the AI buying? AI. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like I say. It's 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 all about you know. I don't the whole idea that people. It's it's like you know the internet. How many people bought internet? Where they no idea what the internet was. I mean, it's yeah. just. I mean, I don't I don't know that if you if you walk into John Deere or International Harvester or somebody tomorrow and say, by the way, you guys using AI? Well, here's our computer system. We've we keep making advances every year, and we've you know every year we 
can can have the computers a little bit more, the robots a little bit more than the year before. But I don't know that, that tomorrow you're throwing out all the old robots and putting in all new ones. I mean, I honestly don't know. I wish I did know. Yeah, I think the easiest way to think about AI is you can think of AI as a different country that we had never exported to. We never exported to it. We never imported goods from it. And now we're starting to trade with it, right? I think if you think of AI that way, and you you understand that trade is a tie that lifts all boats, I think there's a lot of unnecessary fear-mongering. The, what, I, what I worry about with AI is the people that are running it. That's who I worry about. I, I worry about the humans running this stuff. Yeah, look, at, again, look at the guys... Can, yeah, look at all the, the guys we have running all these places, the Bezos yeah. of the world. I'm like, I don't know if I want to play in a poker game with those guys. Yeah, uh, I think they're ruthless sons of guns, man. And that's why they're, you know, that's why they're billionaires. Well, that's what, uh, how does this all come together? I mean, one of the, uh, the things, it, it actually, it, it tarnishes my brain, I think, to a certain extent, um, is I, uh, the book I read, uh, Freedom from Fear, by William Kennedy, and how, he talked about the 20s, and everybody's view of the 20s was that it was just go, 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 go. And he talked about the entire decade from whatever, some kind of panic or something, was it 1919 or 1918 or whatever it was. Uh, and all he talked about was how all the wealth was concentrated in a small spot. That only everybody, I mean, there are people you would say, I mean, today, if you walked around in a couple of coffee shops or a couple of bars and, and mentioned uh, 29, they would say, Man, everybody, even the shoe shine guy, had a was in the stocks. I mean, the whole world was in the stocks. And in fact, what seven percent of the population even owned one share? Yeah. When it was, I mean, now there's way more with a uh, with you know. Yeah, your, back then, very, I think most people probably had their money in a in a jar. I don't think they had a. I don't. I don't think they were putting it in the bank yet. No. I think most people are yeah, jar, but, right? Yeah. So, but now you've got. Well, there were a lot of people putting money in the banks because we had a bank yeah. panics. But, but the, uh, the 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 point being is that. It was it was totally all all that you heard about all you read about, were was the ten percent or five percent that was was doing fine. He said, and I think I got to dig the book out, but he he said something about for the entire decade, a huge procession of the population was in a personal recession. Well, that's how I got the term. He said, in a real lot, we're in a personal depression. They didn't get anywhere. The whole agricultural yeah. department, which was more than fifty percent of the economy during the twenties, was in a total depression for the whole decade even before the Dust Bowl. And so you, you worry about how the question is when you have inflation infecting some people, I mean, who's, who's the Fed paying attention to? Who's Congress paying attention to? And all of a sudden, let's say the market keeps doing this and it goes up another 30% this year, 40%. I'm not going to say double. I mean, now, now what does that do, Al? I mean, obviously, we have more people now with IRAs and 401ks, so you're going to bring some of the people along with you. Right, so it's not as bad as it was during the twenties when it was seven percent. I'm going to say right now it's got to be. I mean, it's got to be what sixty, seventy percent of people own some stocks, at least in a retirement plan somewhere. Don't you think? Is it that high? Probably. Uh, is. I think it's probably. Yeah, I think it's probably right. Probably. So we're going to bring people along a little bit. Uh, I mean, a lot more than the twenties, but maybe not as much as people think. But I don't. I don't mean. Is, is anybody's anybody's wage going to start going up 5% a day to keep track, you know, with this, with this wealth boom? I, I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. No, I, I just have it happen I, with the current sets of policies in place. I mean, the idea that the only way the, to generate wealth now is they have, you know, they have paper wealth is, I don't know, it's kind of crazy. SP futures up 23 and the SP futures up 195. Be right back. Stacks and Jacks.
How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know all while exploring how to live your best life through music spirits food sports travel fitness and a whole lot more luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures it's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into wall street's investment gurus it's for mavericks who believe in life luxury and the pursuit of happiness it's for you smart investors don't bet on possibilities they play the probabilities luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howard, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. At PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and tried to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it's time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Stocks, jocks, Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello and welcome back to Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tom Howe. Weber on the board. SP Futures up 23. NASDAQ Futures up 197. We were up over 200, uh, but we're still up a whole bunch. Dow Futures are actually still down 12, which is, I don't quite get because I'm looking at everything I see in the Dow here. It looks like it's up. Uh, Microsoft's up 3 and a quarter. Uh, we got Chevron Texaco down a buck 40 because oil's, but I got Apple up 220, so I don't know where we're getting exactly the, uh, this a little bit of a down move in the Dow Futures. It looks to me like it should be up, but. But anyway, that's not where the action is. The, NAS- the action is the NASDAQ. Nikkei up 94.3%. Hang Seng, after a horrible last week, is only up 44 points. So I, I thought it would be really up today, and it's not. Uh, it's 0.2%. Shanghai up 2, call that flat. As the economic numbers coming out of China continue to be bad. Now they're talking about unemployment rates. Well, it's not an economic number. Unemployment rates among young people is real bad. You know, I don't know what that does to your market. But uh, the DAX up 72.4%. FTSE down 38 0.5%, a CAC round down 30.4%. So, again, mixed bag over in Europe. Uh, uh, U.S. on Friday was a huge day, if, you, if anybody doesn't remember. Dow up 328, S&P up 54, NASDAQ up 277. It's over 2%. That's, you know, those are those are uh, days you have like once every few years, not a couple days in a row. Uh, U.S. Treasury down 9 basis points, 3.72. The Bund down 6 basis points, 2.37. Japan unchanged, 0.44. Oil, as we probably suggested with the Chevron down, 
Oil's down 95 cents, 71.72. Rent down a buck, 28, 75.79. His oil is really mired in these low 70s. Natural gas down 6 cents, 235. Arbob down 3 cents, 268. We've got gold, a little bit of a bounce back here because the dollar is down a little this morning. Up 1460, 1970s, threatening to go back to 2000, but I don't know if it's going to make it. Silver up 2 cents, 2338. Copper unchanged, 368. We've got crypto. Bitcoin's up on 187, 27,864. So kind of remarkably steady here in these high, high 20,000s. Is, and we've got the U.S. dollar, like we sort of suspected, actually down quite a bit. It's down about 0.2% against the euro, but it's down almost 0.7% against the British pound. British pound 124 to euro 107. Matty, we have for us traffic weather sports. 37 minutes past the hour. Good morning once again to everyone out there. We're still uh, working on that tri-state crash uh, that happened earlier this morning on the southbound side of I-294 just before 47th Street. That accident's now just blocking the right lane, but where a semi struck a utility pole earlier. Uh, it's affecting both sides of the tri-state as you have gapers on the northbound side. So expect significant delays as uh, there's solid traffic on both sides of the tri-state I-294. No other crashes in the area. That earlier uh, crash on the inbound Stevenson at Pulaski is all clear, uh, so uh, no issue there. Although traffic building steadily on both Stevenson, Eisenhower, and then obviously the Kennedy as it's approaching an hour and a half from O'Hare into downtown. Everything else you can get out there. Weather today, a beautiful day. In fact, it's going to be a beautiful week for the foreseeable future. Lots of sunshine this week. Not expecting much for rain. Uh, partly cloudy skies with a high of 76. Right now it's clear and 60 degrees downtown. For our Phoenix listeners, sunny with a high of 98. Right now it's clear and 73. In sports, Cubs beat the Rays 1-0. Marcus Stroman threw a complete game shutout, which you don't see those very often anymore in today's uh, game. White Sox lost to the Angels 6-4. Diamondbacks beat the Rockies 7-5. The Miami Heat blew out the Celtics in Boston, winning Game 7, 103-84, and advancing to the uh, NBA Finals, where they'll take on the Nuggets. Uh, That series begins on Thursday. And it was the Las Vegas Golden Knights uh, beating the Dallas Stars and winning that series four games to two. And they've advanced to take on the Florida Panthers in the Stanley Cup Finals, which will begin on Saturday. Chief. Man, is there, uh, they were talking yesterday about what a great athlete uh, that guy is, Stroman, and how he routinely goes like, out. He was a college shortstop, and yeah. when you watch him play, even you know covering first on a ground ball to the first baseman um, or, or fielding his position, he's really, really sweet with it. I mean, he's, he's athletic. Um, well, that, that's actually where my question is going. In this era of carrying a whole bunch of pitchers, uh, not a whole lot of position players relatively, um, is there ever been a situation where you ran out of players and had to put a guy like that at second base? I would think that if you had a pitcher, you might want to put him in. in well. well, Joe Madden used to do it all the time with uh, Tra- Travis Wood. Remember him? That's right. He, he, he put him in outfield. He put him in it? left field um, multiple times. I think he did it in a playoff game even uh, for an inning. Well, he was. Because he didn't want to take him out. Yeah, he was, he was pretty good. But there. he was an athletic pitcher that you could, uh, you could leverage in that way, like you said, because you carry so many pitchers and not a lot of backups. And so if you don't want to waste a, a backup uh, utility player or if you don't want to take your pitcher out of the game, you can flip him over to a position for a couple outs or an inning or whatever, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty rare. But, uh, you wouldn't see it with a starter, I don't think, but, but it's possible. Because, um, I mean, obviously if you, if, somebody got, if you got down to no, no bench players and somebody got hurt, you'd have, to, you'd have to put somebody out there, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, he was uh, – yesterday was pretty interesting. I, uh, I mean, uh, in Miami or uh, Tampa Bay is the best team in baseball, right? Yes. Um, are they? And he, he completely shut them down. Yeah, they're uh, thirty-nine and seventeen, best record in baseball. 
four games up on the Orioles in the AL East. That AL East is loaded. Every single team's above 500, um, and Tampa is still just crushing that division. Um, is a Boston coach get fired today? Uh, it, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, not saying it's warranted, but so it everybody me. who doesn't, everybody gets to the. Well, the thing I, want, I was really Miami. I want to see Miami win because because now the Bulls are the second best team in ba- basketball, right? <laughs> that's right. We had them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What? Uh, that's that would have been strange. I don't think the Bulls would have gone too far. No, they would have got smoked by the Bucks. Well, I hope they don't just get clobbered four in a row. Although I think I don't. I don't like you. I don't know who's who's their biggest guy. Who's even going to try and guard the guy in the middle? Yeah, they play Bam. Um, uh, they're they're sort of versatile kind of uh, four man. They they. I, they often play him as their only big guy uh, on their whole on the court, so they'll play four guards and they'll play him. And he's athletic enough and tall enough that he can guard most people. But I, I mean, he can't guard Jokic. I mean, who can? Yeah, I don't. Uh, or you just say nobody can and just let it go. Yeah, and just stay home on their shooters and make Jokic score forty and and see if you can still beat him. Um, yeah, that's a. Uh, I, I think that'll be kind of fun to watch. I just I can't get into hockey when the Hawks are nowhere near it. I'm with you. I I I love playoff hockey if the Blackhawks are playing. If they're not, I just have no interest. And uh, and I kind of like the NBA Finals this year that it's not the same uh, same old crew. You know, LeBron versus the Celtics or something like that. It's it's kind of nice to see the Denver Nuggets in there for the first time ever. And uh, and then this Miami Heat team with a lot of kind of throwaway cast off players, undrafted players. They're kind of fun to watch too. Well, I. uh I got, I'm getting some heat here from my Notre Dame guys, not realizing that Notre Dame had won the men's lacrosse. I knew they were in there, but uh, yeah, I just, well, you know, talk about another era. When I was in Notre Dame, it was it was a club team for guys who came from the East. Right. I was going to say, did they even have a team? They had a club team. Yeah. But the only guys I knew were guys who came from like Boston. Well, still, I mean, outside of maybe like New Trier High School here. Um, are there many lacrosse programs in I, the Chicago area? I don't think there are. If if you were. Is, is Holman Flossmore probably has one. New Cheer probably has one. Maybe some Naperville schools or something. That's probably about it. Well, as my, my vice president of finance at Allied Van Lines told me that racquetball uh, compared to handball was from women, children, and non-athletes, which I think, <laughs> which I, which I think was a little harsh because I actually like racquetball. Uh, I, I'm going to say that lacrosse, other than the, probably the best player ever, was Jim Brown, which is, is like the, the, ha- the haven for what, six one white guys? Right. Yeah, if you're not yeah, if you're not playing football, basketball, baseball, hockey, that's a sport you can probably play. Um, I could probably be better at lacrosse because I couldn't skate at all. Hell, were you a skater kind of guy, or did you? Oh no, I grew up in Idaho. Well, people <laughs> skate in Idaho. It's cold up there. Well, we have we have canals. <laughs> God, we don't have lakes. Um, I don't want to get too crazed here because I think I want to celebrate the market a little bit because my clients are gonna have a nice day today. So I'm not gonna be ragging too much on the market, but I. Uh, I guess what I'd like to do is, is is a little bit of knowledge, Hal. Even if it's even if it's bad medicine, look at what's happened over in, in Turkey in the last two days. For those that, when I talk about inflation and money supply and stuff, all you have to do you don't have to listen you don't have to listen to me. All you have to do is go and look at all, and what happens in these areas where the money supply is out of control. I mean, this guy. First of all, how did this guy win again? Is hurt again? He's done nothing but well, bury the place economically. Typically, typically, what happens when you get a tyrant that uh, uses the democratic process to get elected is they promise the people we're going to impose the prices are too high, we're going to cap prices, 
right? That's the first step they usually do. This was going on in Haiti, I believe, if I remember right, before the president got um, assassinated. But they promised the people that they're going to cap prices. So if they if they go through their promise and they do cap prices, then you have shortages. And then the dictator usually says, they usually throw the blame at the firms for not producing enough. And they tell the firms, either you got to produce more or we're going to nationalize you. And the firms are producing less because... Uh, you know, the marginal firms can't make a profit at the new cap. So those marginal firms are eliminated. So what you have is one or two companies supplying a market. And so those one or two firms can't supply more because if they do, they're going to make losses. So what happens is they nationalize, nationalize businesses. And when they nationalize businesses, they might tell, they might instruct the now government owned enterprise to produce at the quantity demand to alleviate the shortage. But that requires what? It requires the, the losses to be papered over. So the next thing that comes out is the government prints a bunch of money and causes the hyperinflation. And that's usually how all these stories play out. History tends to repeat, and repeated history repeats repeatedly. This is If you want to become a dictator, that's how you do it. Now, that was I think that was going to happen in Haiti, but I, th- I think what really happened, my mother-in-law have like talked about this because she's from Haiti, she listens to Haitian YouTube news. And we talked about this before. And in Haiti, you have like eight really wealthy, powerful families. And I think they kind of run the show. And this happened in Haiti where the, the president comes in and caps prices. And I think he was on the cusp of nationalizing these these companies. And, you know, probably hired some dude to go in there and assassinate him before they can nationalize businesses. So if you want to become a dictator, that that's the recipe of how you become a dictator. Well, what what is uh, I mean, you have a whole bunch of guys. I mean, you're teaching, you know, for a while you were teaching at three different places economics. Is there any kind of sense that when when uh, you see the market go up, you see inflation go up, you see the price of your you know your old Cadillac double in a few years or whatever was happening? Is there any sense whatsoever that it's it's not you and your Cadillac and how smart you are? It's doubling. It's actually the money in your pocket getting cut in half. It's just, it's just it, the, the money that's being printed. That's all it is. But I mean, I mean I'm, but okay, you know I, that. I know that. Yeah. Uh, what, what, as Russell said, Chief, get over it. You're, when it comes to economic knowledge, you're a one percenter. Nobody. I mean, look, this guy won what two days ago, right? Or and he's been, he's been bitching at his, at his. Uh, well, he, he fired his essentially Federal Reserve guy, right? Because he wanted to raise interest rates. Well, in, the, in the last uh, two days, since this guy's won... Well, Trump, I mean, if you remember Trump, he was railing against the Fed before the election of 2016, but as soon as he became president, he was upset that the Fed was raising interest rates oh, yeah. two years later. Without a doubt. Right? Well, here, yeah. t- this guy's been in two days. Turkish lira hits new record low after Erdogan election victory. Okay, so the, 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 the currency is going down in value dramatically, or it's in the two days the guy's been in there. Guess what the market's doing? I mean, you don't have to guess. You know. The stock market turkey is probably yeah. rising. Yeah, what's going up? Yeah, yeah. Now, does, because does it, they know that the spigot's going to be open. But does anybody over there not realize that it has nothing to do with the market value going up? It's the it's the thing you're comparing it to, the lira that's going down. Yeah. But here, that, here, that, here, we don't yeah. have that mentality. We're, we don't we don't we don't seem to get that this inflation is not because. You're working harder, or because you're you're 
your widget you're making is worth more. It's the things people are buying it with is worth less. Yeah. I don't. But until we, well, I, I think I, I think I think in the United States, what happens is because it's a, a generally a slow burn over a longer period of time. Uh, I think uh, the 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 one the ones that benefit from this, the the one percenters, the ones that really benefit from this, have learned that yeah, it works for them. Without a and doubt. So that's yeah, it works for them, and they want to keep it going. Well, at the end of the day, that's what's got me really worried. To be honest with you, you know? yeah. I mean, all this stuff I keep talking about the same stuff. It's got me really worried. I, I see a Fed that from uh, I'm looking at these numbers again. It, it blew the balance sheet from what a trillion. Let me well, let me see what the low one is. I'm going to talk about it. Uh, they blew the they, they blew the balance sheet from uh, four trillion one, four trillion two of May 2020, right March, right before the COVID to to uh, 8.9 on the tippy top. So they basically blew it up by 2.2 times, or you know, doubled it plus some, 120% higher, right? So, and then the whole, for the, a year and a half, they did nothing but, but, but jaw, jaw slap about how they were going to start dropping it. So they went from 8 trillion nine to 8 trillion uh, three. So they're down 600 billion. Soon as the banking thing happened, and they thought the market might collapse or something, that that the high guys might get hurt. They blew back uh, two thirds of that in two weeks, and that told me exactly where their heart is. How? Yeah. Their heart. Their heart is in the maintaining the wealth, the price level more than it is worried about individual worrying worrying about the other people's price level. So I mean, if if it happens again, they will do it again. They'll, they'll go back over ten trillion in a second if they want to. Right yeah, the it'll, it'll be it'll be fine for the top one percent. But you know, everybody else will be like Mike in the Sun Also Rises, Hemingway's novel. Yeah. Bill asks him, How did you go bankruptcy? How'd you go bankrupt? And Mike says, Two ways. Gradually and then suddenly. Yeah. <laughs> well, but I guess the thing that bothers Bad. me is having seen this show before, I don't I don't understand why I I, I should have just doubled up on everybody to the upside. I mean it was it was so obvious. I mean other people seem to be picking up on it. I mean, why didn't I? Why didn't I get everybody double along? I mean, it's it's right there. They're, yeah. they're telling you what's going to happen. Yeah. I, maybe I the way I, the way what, the way we're trying to do it with my wife and I is we're we're hanging under our our property in Utah, and we're going to try somehow to get a couple more, and that's how we're going to hedge because that's what the wealthy do. The wealthy hold real estate, and the rents go up exponentially, while the principal uh, is held constant. Right in real terms, the principal goes down, uh, and the mortgage payments go down in inflation. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to create cash flow and protection by having this rental property and trying to find a couple other that we can purchase. But man, you got to get really some at difficult. the right price. So you can't you can't yeah. be chasing. You can't have your your rent yeah. paying for half of your mortgage, hoping you're going to catch up. You can't do yeah. that. Yeah, you got to find some place where. I mean, I tell you what, there's places available downtown Chicago at half the price three years ago, four years ago. These yeah, big I mean, office buildings. That, it might be a good time to roll the dice because I think people in Chicago are going to get to the point where businesses have left, crime is worse than and it can you just get worse. And, you know, in in areas of Brooklyn, um, 20 years ago, you wouldn't have bought any in any of those neighborhoods. But people, you know, the neighborhoods are gentrifying, so Chicago might be a, play, a good place to do it because I think eventually people in Chicago are going to get really sick of it. I think they're going to just get sick of the crime. They're going to get sick of the opportunity fleeing the fleeing the city, 
And it might be a good, that might be the best place to buy. But how do you, I mean, what is, I used to, when I first went to New York, it was the uh, 80s, and you went by Times Square, and I guess there were still some movie theaters, but basically the whole thing was a bunch of porn theaters and porn shops, right? And, and yeah. God knows what else. Yeah. Now the question is, I, I don't know much about the history of New York. I mean, it's the movies escape from New York and all the rest of them. I, mean, I don't know when that, what, what you, I mean, obviously you're there, you're learning more about the history every day. When did all that start, the degradation, and at what point would you and I might have said, we need to buy something here, and then how many years would we have been wrong <laughs> early before you really wanted to? I mean, as I, I, I think, I don't you know, I think hopefully I know, but I, I think that there's going to come a day when downtown Chicago is a place to be again, assuming that everybody doesn't, you know, artificial intelligence doesn't do everything. Because only because the transportation network, the net transportation hub that is the Loop, is only like three places in the country. I mean, maybe four: Boston, New York, and Philadelphia and Chicago. The only places that can get people someplace without a car, really, of any of any consequence. Um, and I think I think uh, that's a good play because young people, you know, all I cared about when I was in eighth grade was getting a car. And my yeah. kids have no uh, interest in probably ever owning a car. Yeah, hold I mean, I, I obsessed about having a car all the time when I was in eighth grade on. So that might be a good play for that reason because, you know, people need to be able to get around. All right, but I'm, I, what I'm getting to is guys like you and I see these kinds of, quote, opportunity or what we we look at these, you know, flows in the market back and forth, yeah. or real estate market, stock market, whatever it is. But I mean, I would have, if I'd have bought, <laughs> if I'd have bought the porn store in Times Square, first time I was in New York in 1983. When when would I have made a profit at it? 95, 97. I mean, it wouldn't have been 84. I mean, yeah. I guess. I mean, how how do you how do you figure out what your timing is? I mean, it's like, yeah. I mean, I when I got in the stock business, it was 1980, and uh, the market the Dow was 800. To me, it was yeah. a screaming buy. You know, and I was long for, and I lost money being long for, I'm going to say 18 months, which at the time was like a really long time because I had just started. Uh, it was 18 months for any kind of rally. I mean, well, my in-laws, my in-laws bought in a neighborhood for about 200000 in Brooklyn, you know, before Brooklyn really uh, got revitalized. But, yeah, they bought a house for 200000 Now they could probably sell it for more than $2 million. They bought a house. Uh, no, when they bought it for two hundred thousand, they bought it for two hundred thousand. How many people thought they were idiots? Yeah, probably everybody. Everybody thought, probably thought they're idiots, right? Yeah. Um, and they they bought a place uh, ten years earlier, uh, pretty close to Brooklyn College for about seventy, and now that place is probably worth uh, over a million, right? Well, and people probably thought they were idiots for doing that too. Well, in Chicago, and I was, you know, in the seventies, I did some kind of mini remodeling and some areas on the north side. I mean, it basically went train station by train station. You know, Ravenswood Line. And for a while, the only place any single would live away from home was right by Clark and Division, because that's where all yeah. the stewardesses lived, because they could take the bus to O'Hare. There was no uh, blue line. Yeah. But, but, I mean, if you... It, it's, it was never even. I mean, if, if you bought at the... When my friend Robin bought a place, actually two blocks from where I live now, and... Uh, and I said, Robin, what are, you, what are you doing here? This neighborhood's a little, a little dicey, and you would never guess my neighborhood now being dicey, but it was. And uh, but she got the right timing, 
and the next uh, year, the, the Trademans vans were all on the next block, and the next year they're on the next block. She never, I don't think she ever had a downtick. But then, after, a, I'll say, a decade of that, where was everybody, Maddie? Probably over in, uh, what, what's what's the... Uh, North Avenue in Milwaukee, what's that area? Uh, Wicker Park? Yeah. Bucktown? But if, if, you'd have, if you'd have said, well, this is just going to keep going, Dr. J had a girlfriend at the time, well, way back, and she lived with a few girls, and they moved to Wicker Park, thinking this, this was going to be an even, shall we say, spread, for lack of a better term. God bless. I think they were there six, seven years in the black. All of a sudden, we went to an economic downturn. And they were on the, the extreme block of where, you know, regular, I won't say regular people, but I just did, uh, lived. Hell, for a year or two, if they didn't get broken into every three weeks, wow. you'd been, you, you didn't, you didn't want to be yeah. the, on the leading edge when there was, quote, a pause. Because <laughs> yeah. wow. all of a sudden you were, then sure enough, you know, after six, seven, eight years, it started to march again. And they, all of a sudden they were, but they, their timing was horrendous versus, you know, yeah. Robbins was fine. I mean, it's you can be. I mean, you could have bought. I'm going to say your in-laws. I'll bet if you bought that spot in Brooklyn five years before they did, I bet you were an unhappy camper for quite a while. Probably, yeah. I mean, it's it's. I, I yeah. Looking back on it, it it seems easy, but it would, it was never even. You know, I mean, I'm going to say right now that if you if you buy Nvidia at 406, up 16 bucks, that five years from now. I'm going to say it's well over 406, especially if they maintain any kind of a lead. In, in, in they seem to have been a lead in both the uh, crypto stuff. They're a lead in this stuff. For some reason, they caught these other guys snoozing, and their their chairman appears to be pretty aggressive. So let's say they stay ahead for a while, and a year or two from now, they're you know a thousand bucks, and it's a great buy even here, even though it seems like it's made a hell of a move. That. That doesn't mean that somewhere along the line, it might be trading two eighty. You know, and you might sit there and go, "What did I do?" You know, or something. Or maybe the lead won't be. Maybe tomorrow or next week, Intel comes out and says, "Guess what? Everything's for asleep here. We're not. Here's a chip that's better than these guys." I don't. I don't yeah. see that happening with an Intel. They seem pretty stuck in the mud, but it could. I mean, I you know, I'm saying there. This is this is the ever changing marketplace. I mean, Oracle. This is still as high as it was in 2000. And when you talk about uh, AI, most of it, or a lot of AI, hell, I think is being able to store data. And isn't that what Oracle does better than anybody else? Stores data? Yeah. And yet in 23 years, the stock's down. But it, it's not, you know, it's kind of funny. Yeah. If, you, if you were, if you're thinking about buying a, a department store, a grocery store in the 1970s, and you live in Arkansas, you probably would have purchased Walmart stock. If you were in Idaho, you probably would have purchased Kmart stock. Yeah. Right? And just because you lived in Arkansas and you bought the stock in Walmart, you're now, it depends on how much you bought, you know, you're, you'd be a billionaire. But if you purchased that Kmart stock and held on to it, you would have lost your money. I think if you went to a small town 15 years ago and went to a Walmart in one store or a Kmart in another store, because the Kmart's in those... Kmart was a way better store, I thought. Yeah, I, I just didn't like the smell of it. When you walked into a Kmart, it didn't matter what part of the country you were in. It always had that weird smell to me. What did it smell like? Well, they had food long before like, Walmart did. Maybe that's... It, it, it smelled like, I don't know, baby powder on oh, a God. dirty diaper. <laughs> God. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, okay, on, that, on that note, 
<laughs> I, I, oh, whatever. I, the, uh, you gotta remember, well, when you say a place smelled like something, the Sears store, between the upstairs and downstairs, by the way, I don't know if they had, if they, I guess they had an elevator, but nobody took it. There were steps. Right between the first landing and the bottom landing was this incredible hot dog stand. And the entire place, oh, wow. the entire place smelled like yeah, hot dogs. That, all, you, all you need is freshly baked bread, and you got yeah, me. I tell you what, I mean, there's no way you got from the top to the bottom without buying a hot dog. <laughs> Just, <laughs> it, it didn't happen. <laughs> anyway, SP Futures up 24, and SP Futures up 194. We're off to the races again today, and maybe it'll continue. I don't, I don't mind making money for my people. It's kind of fun. I'll be back tomorrow, Stocks and Jacks. What do we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. I guess we learned not to do it again. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI Pro Direct. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708 349 3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968.